everyone. Welcome to the latest RoboFM podcast. My name is Anthony Gallegos, and uh, joining me is Arthur Geese. I feel way too shitty to even know what episode it is, the podcast. Currently, my browser, the word eat is tapped into the address bar because I was hoping it would <laughs> autocomplete. be bothered to fucking type in the rest of it. He just, he's uh, Googling eat because he wants You don't even food. have to type in the whole thing. You just have to type in eat and hit down. It's funny, it's funny right? Because I thought bar. I had brought it up enough that it would autocomplete to the web address. But I the know. first thing it bre- brings up is eat 24. Oh, <laughs> it knows me. Fat fuck. <laughs> so I'm at the joining Martha uh Mitch Dyer. Hi. And My mic was out of the way. Hey, it's me. I'm the only one who's apparently prepared. Yeah, well, I'm ready with you, Matt. We're both ready. <laughs> We're both I'm ready. S- I'm sitting here very calm and patiently. Are <laughs> yeah. you thinking better than me? Ow. Hey, just, I'm feeling okay now. Today's been a rough day. <laughs> yeah, you're telling me, uh, man. Everything's okay now. We'll see how rough it gets that, later that on we for have Dem Giants fans. By the time you listen to this, you'll know the results of the World Series. Congratulations yeah. to the San Francisco Giants on winning. We actually <laughs> have World the Series. baseball game snapped in the upper right corner of my TV. Usually, we have Anthony on Skype on the TV in my living room so that which we still do. We can see him. So we have Anthony skyped, but we have the game snapped in the upper right because Matt has a problem. Yeah. The funny thing is Matt though is that out. is that even let's say in theory. Uh, we didn't have the game snapped, you know, and stuff like that. We wouldn't be able to get a play-by-play of the game. Well, maybe we would, but we'd very well know the results of the game because yeah. Arthur's neighborhood oh, be will, will erupt sure. into explosions. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, we're, we're <laughs> wearing headphones, but, like, people at home might hear it yeah. if the Giants win while we're uh, recording. Yeah. Yeah. It's the, well, it's the top of the sixth right now, so it could conceivably it finish end. by and the, the Giants time we're are done. up by one, the Royals are up are by one. one. I like to the think they'll be celebrating one. our podcast at that time. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we're here and we talk about video games. They'll be uh, celebrating our success at another Extra Life live stream this last weekend. Yeah, thanks, everyone, right. who joined us for that. You yeah. helped us raise almost $5,000. Was charity awesome. and helped Extra Life become the biggest it's ever been year over year. Five point so five million dollars. Yeah. Uh, you can still donate if you haven't already. You can go to extra-life.org/slash/participant/slash/rebelfm and you can still donate. Yep. If you yep. Uh, if you miss it, Arthur, you still you've been archiving videos, right? Or you will be? I will at some point. I mean, I have archives of everything. Well, they auto archive on Twitch too. Yeah. Right? Nothing auto archives on Twitch anymore. Oh, really? Because yeah, I, I looked at the Rebel FM settings page and the check mark was clicked. Small small chunks of it archive, but it's it's a pain in the ass. Anyways. We really only mm. need the Marty and Brian. All so time. Uh, I mean, that's the, true. I have all that video on my hard drive too. Oh, so. that's right. Uh-huh. Yeah, that was pretty crazy. Watching. It's funny that uh, you know if you don't know uh, IGN's. Marty Sleva and Brian Altano, we, for a stretch goal, played Dota 2 for the very first time. Yep, and we gave them no coaching other than how to get in the game together. And it was funny because Marty, on his second game of all time, picked IO. Uh, one of the hardest characters. No, he, picked picked ten. he called him 10. Ten. 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 <laughs> uh, no, it's, it's IO. No, catching ten. people who have never played an RTS try and function. Oh, yeah. Um, no, it's so funny because I've never because uh, I asked uh, Brian afterwards. I was like, "Have you never played an RTS in your life?" He's like, "He's all sure. I love RTSs. You know, Final Fantasy Tactics." And oh I'm my like, yeah. fucking <laughs> god! That's a turn-based game. <laughs> Disgusting. He, he was giving me shit, but yeah. Can uh, you imagine a turn-based MOBA? Dude, it would take uh, ten thousand years. It would it take would the one kill. Of Final it Fantasy would only Tactics. be a one kill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, speaking yeah, of turn-based games, we played games. a ton of games during yeah. that extra life. Um, Matt, well, Anthony, you—I'm sure you played some. And Matt apparently was up until three in the morning playing Civilization Beyond Earth last night. Yep. And I, I like one of the tutorial settings in that just to kick it off is you can set it to. I've got some civ experience, like you know what I mean. Like <laughs> yeah. I thought it—it's got like I've never seen a game that most games are just like, do you want to play the tutorial or not? Yeah, and this game's like, do you want to play the tutorial? But do, which tutorial do you want? Like that I've played some Civ version, right? Or do you want like the you've never touched a mouse version, right? <laughs> the tutorial for babies. Yeah, babies I just found that Civ. Yep, I found it very inviting as far as like you know, the the uh, one of the arguably more complex games out there. Oh know? yeah, I've it, heard people derogatorily make derogatory uh, comparisons to Civ Five with the way that it's releasing as in like they're stating that it feels limited as do you feel like that's the case god no um 
I definitely feel like there uh, there is room to add in stuff to like have some more systems overlap. But um, I've I've played all the way through to one victory. I got the the there's different victory conditions that sort of amount to analogous to Civ Five uh, in to one degree or another. But uh, the um, I played all the way through the contact victory, uh, which is basically you have to and the cool thing about the victories in beyond earth is that it's not just like get to this tech or it's not just like get to the highest end of of this particular um tech tree you know whether whether you're talking about a tech tree that's with culture like uh you know you could win by having the most culture in uh civ 5 or you could win by domination or you could win by a science victory in beyond earth um, the victories are multifaceted and it's ba- it's almost like a quest line. Like you have to get a certain number of things in a certain order in order to win. Um, so like for the contact victory, you have to find progenitor runes, uh, ruins, not runes, and uh, send your explorer there, have your explorer conduct an expedition to draw up out of the ruins a uh, like part of a signal. They just call it the signal. And then uh, you launch a satellite into orbit, and like you have to get certain technologies, and you have to do a bunch of different steps until you can finally build a beacon. And it's it's very much like Contact the movie, where you're you're uh, honing in on this deep space signal that teaches you how to build a beacon, which is a uh, a they call it a, a planetary wonder, because uh, once you build it, basically it starts a countdown to when you're going to achieve victory. And so uh, you build the beacon, which takes up an entire hex uh, somewhere in your territory, and uh, then eventually makes contact with another species, and you win the game that way. Yeah, um, there are aliens in the game, though. Like you know, yeah, it, their barbarians have been replaced by aliens, but they're more unique in the sense that the barbarians always were aggressive and would attack, mm-hmm. and the aliens are very much just like a life form like maybe not necessarily quite intelligent but they're just, just like you, know, I'm kind of a you try and ignore monster. them <laughs> right. kind of but if but sometimes you can't ignore them and like i remember the first time i ever attacked some i was like no big deal stupid aliens getting too close to my turf and then they just fucking <laughs> smashed me and i was like okay leave the indigenous life alone yeah they're super strong in the beginning i think i saw a siege worm <laughs> yeah yes yeah well one of the one of the quests that you get pretty early on is to kill a siege worm and I've never done it because they're crazy strong. I don't think you could even try to fight them until the near the end of the game when you've like maxed out at least one of the tech paths um, into uh, into a unique battle unit at the end of the game. Um, but it's also like I haven't attacked them because it just seemed like a really bad idea because it's called a siege worm, and I haven't done anything yet. But I can only assume that like you know it goes straight for your cities. And starts attacking you that way, and they're massive and awesome. One of the cool things is that so uh, not only is there culture and money and uh, influence and stuff in this game, the way that there is in Civ Five, the money's just called energy, but it's money. Um, there's uh, there's also um, in kind of in the place of religion, it's almost like you're developing philosophies by choosing which tech you explore. And there's purity, which is you're basically on this new planet, but you're trying to terraform it and make it into a new Earth. So you're trying to be as human as you can be, the the purity of the human race. Then there's harmony, which is you're trying to evolve to become kind of a new species with the planet and be with it and work with it and all that kind of stuff. And then there's supremacy, which is basically you turn yourself (laughs) into cyborgs and uh, digital people and that kind of stuff. And yeah. uh, I did uh, when I did my contact victory. I did the supremacy. Um, they call them virtues. Uh, no, sorry, they call them uh, virtues. Are the the equivalent of social policies? Um, what is it that they call the this, those three things? The purity, harmony, and supremacy. Anthony, uh, I forget, but I know yeah. Shemit, but I don't. It's something like virtues, but I'm not totally sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Why am I forgetting it now? Anyway. Um, so deciding on which of those the deciding on which of those that you want to be sort of defines not only it it defines a lot of stuff actually it uh it helps lead you towards certain vic- victory paths in the game um it also uh allows you to upgrade your units in very specific ways because the all of the early units like instead of having a, like a unique a unique unit for every culture 
uh, every culture can decide what sort of those three paths they want to go down and uh, then upgrade their units accordingly. So, like, when I... Uh, this new game that I've been playing, I've been going all Harmony, and um, there's this stuff on the world map called uh, Miasma, which uh, does damage to any of your units that's, that, like, end the turn in it. And uh, it's very inconvenient to deal with, and you can... Uh, research tech, which lets your workers remove the Miasma from a hex... You can launch uh, a satellite, which will, in an area of effect, um, remove it from that area. Um, but in, if you get enough harmony and you research the right text, then it becomes beneficial. And you can actually create Miasma, which will kill, which will do damage to any enemies that come into the area, but will heal you and your units that are sitting in it. Um, so, I don't know. There's just... there's so many overlapping systems in this game that are all expertly tied into one another that I don't find this game lacking in any way at all. Yeah, and it's also comforting to know, you know, if you're someone who's well, if you're someone who's really afraid of change, like, you know, it's fucking Mexicans are going to take our jobs. The racism <laughs> and racial diverse and racial uh fear is still well alive in the Civ universe after we leave Earth. <laughs> it, they may have gotten past the idea of China and Japan being mad at each other, right. but now they're just like, we are now Asians, and we are Asians, and we hate anyone who's not Asians. Because <laughs> it's like, it's more divided into like world factions. Now. Actually, it, well, uh, from the, only the, I've only played two games near to completion now, so like, uh, I don't know how it always plays out, but so far it seems like Everybody is pretty friendly and nice to you. Uh, you know, like it in the early, and, and I think it's because the world is actually a lot more harsh. So, unlike Civ Five, where somebody could declare war on you, you know, on like turn ten, um, in uh, in Beyond Earth, that hasn't happened to me yet. I'm not saying that it won't. It just hasn't happened yet. It seems like everybody is kind of like, "Yay, we're all in in this together. We're all trying to like, you know, m- make a new home for humanity out in the stars on this weird alien hostile planet." Uh, but then once you start diverging down those three paths, like I was talking about earlier, right. then uh, the the people who are all on the purity side start getting mad at you for like abandoning your humanity for the other ones and vice versa. Uh, it's it's very, very interesting. It's almost That's like... interesting, but it's more driven by like your philosophy yeah. for terraforming or not. Basically, like the way you control your land versus, yep. you know, who you are. Yeah, so and, like if you're, if you're going down... Uh, purity or supremacy, you might be killing basically every alien that you come across. And like somebody who's on harmony will be like, you're mistreating the planet and its creatures and they'll get mad at you for that. So it's, it's a lot more philosophical based. It's almost like those three paths, not only it's their science, philosophy and religion kind of all tied into one. Um, And it, it makes me think, you know, almost like somebody at Firaxis was like, well, we can't actually have people go to war over religion in our game because that would be, you know, a political no-no. Um, but hey, in this in this future world where these philosophies are basically become religions as well as tech trees, we can totally have people fight over this stuff because it's all made up and okay. Yeah, well, and in real life, you could see someday where like resources are a very big problem that people would fight over how you treat the trees, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, like, oh, you're just going to destroy the earth the second time. Mm-hmm. You know, if we've already had to leave earth once and it's like, so the trees we know are what control atmospheric pollution and stuff like that. And therefore by, you know, wrecking the land, you're now becoming just, you're, it's like we haven't learned anything. Yep. And then the, the supremacy, the supremacy line is all really pissed off at purity or harmony because they, they refuse to leave their organic bodies and progress into the next what they consider the next phase of human evolution, which is to become digital. Um, it's got all kinds of so really you'd have cool to stuff live like in that. the internet or, or as robots. That was one of the quests that I got was to found a new town so that the sentient machines could have a new city that they could live all of their own. And then once I found that and completed that quest, then later on there was another quest about getting relationship uh, back with that town and it increased my trade, my internal trade network in my empire with that town. So there's, there's a, a whole new like, uh, quest uh, quest system and the way that it rewards you for your choices uh, that Civilization Five has never had at all. Like Civilization has never had anything like this. Um, 
maybe I can't remember enough about Alpha Centauri to say how different it was, um, but definitely not in the regular Civilization series. And the it even comes down to buildings. Like you build any kind of building, and four or five turns later, that building will say, um, you know, for example, a cyto nursery. It's like well, we've discovered all kinds of, or, or like a what was the it was like a, a gene bank or something like that, or a a, a, a gene not gene bank, but something like that. And it was like, uh, we discovered all kinds of new uses for, uh, using the, using the, 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 uh, the genetic code of the local, of all of the local plant life and wildlife and everything. And we can either use it to produce more food or we can turn it into a building material, which do you want to do? And then you choose which one you want to do. And then from then on that structure has that additional bonus. So like if I chose building material, this structure, which before only provided food now provides food and, and energy and production. Yeah. So you can, you can customize every single building uh, in your in your empire that way, and I don't mean like well every single type of building because once you do that type of building once it's that way forever in all of your other cities in the way that you build it. I mean the bottom line though is Matt, it's like you know as people that are wondering like should I get this? I don't know. I have Civ five and it's like you just stayed up till three in the morning <laughs> playing. It. I'd say it's a pretty ringing endorsement. But one hundred percent yes. If you started playing, if this game hadn't come out and you started playing Civ five yesterday at ten o'clock. What are the chances you would have stayed up until 3 in the morning playing Civ? I probably would have stayed up until more like 12.30 or 1. Sure. <laughs> I don't specific. believe you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there, I feel like if you've gotten tired of Civ 5 and you want something different, like to me yeah. it's like different enough to already want, because there's enough new mechanics and stuff that I'm like, oh, shit, it's like, it really is like an entirely new game. Yeah. But at the same time, as someone who's played the other ones, I'm like, it's familiar enough for me to drop right in. And not have this like overwhelming learning curve that I'm just like, oh, what the fuck am I doing? Yeah, exactly. So. Well, basically, they're they're treating they're treating the civilization they're treating civilization as a uh, as a genre, you know, and as a platform that they can develop other games on. Um, and so, you know, it's the same way that you go from one first person shooter to another, and it feels familiar. But there's all kinds of stuff they can do different. Well, the same thing happens here. You go from civilization to beyond Earth, and it feels like it feels like a different game in a genre with a new theme and all kinds of custom systems that are really enjoyable. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I've been enjoying that a lot. I, I need to spend more time with it. The other, the other, uh, Matt, did you have anything you wanted to add? Sorry. Um, I guess just that the virtue system is really cool because it's like, uh, the, and they're a lot like the social, uh, the social policies in civilization five. Um, but they they have a combination, but they have like a uh, a thing where it's like if you pick a certain number of uh, virtues at a tier, you get a bonus. But also, if you pick a certain number of virtues in the same tree, you also get a bonus. <laughs> so you can look at where if you think of it on a grid, you can look at where uh, you know uh, number three, like A and three, connect, and you can see like oh well, if I choose these, if I choose these virtues. In this tree and these virtues in this tree, then I can get a bonus at this tier, but then I can also get a bonus for choosing virtues all in the same tree, and it all adds together. So in that sense, there's actually a lot more interaction between the systems and the bonuses that you get that you have to pay attention to in order to be successful. So I'm wondering uh, right now if, uh, if you really have to play only towards a single strength and try to go towards that in order to get victory, or if you can really generalize and uh, get victory by, you know, like having, by choosing lots of different virtues and different trees, lots of different tech, and lots of different points of harmony uh, in purity and supremacy. Because nothing, the game doesn't stop you at all from uh, choosing different, different paths in all of these systems. Or different points in all of the different paths all at the same time. I feel like if you've never played Civ, that probably sounded really complex to you, but I promise it does such a good job of easing you in that it's, it is. I have played Civ, and that was overwhelming. I'm that, sorry. I mean, 
It's hard to talk about. It really is. I should have just said it's a great game. Go play it. This is why when we talk about Civ, Anthony just tells stories about the fucking awful person that he is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, the problem with that, though, is that then people think that Civ is really fun to watch. In my opinion, it's usually not. No, it's not <laughs> fun no, to watch or hear about. Because it's the, just fun I, to do. Because a narrative like that develops over the course of like 15 hours. Right. You know I mean? So yeah. you need to throw time at it so that we can have like a few minutes of enjoyment. No, I mean, that game's great. It has a lot of really great systems that Matt did a really good job of describing. Yeah, just, but the, they're, they're totally so impenetrable and to I, like discuss. Yeah, I think that they, that you could have a whole podcast just about Civs mechanics, like no problem, because yeah. they are layered and in depth. But I would say if you if all that sounds really complex and you're scared, again, the tutorials there to ease you in, and it, and once again, it has the really fantastic Civlopedia thing built into it. Yeah, that you can pretty much instantly bring up an article written there with information about every unit, every land tile type, you know, so you can immediately get a deeper understanding. Oh, and the Civilopedia this time has um, a story for every single entry too. Lore nerds. (laughs) Yeah. It's like total like lore nerd stuff. You want to know who wrote all that was Walt Williams who wrote spec ops the line. Yeah. He also wrote the intro to it, which is like, which I remember him saying something about on Twitter (laughs) That it was like kind of depressing, and he's not wrong. He's not it wrong. It's very depressing because you would think like humans are finally leaving the planet because Woo. we've all just gotten along and we're <laughs> and we're just loving each other. But we're like, it's time to see this off. And instead, it's like people are imprisoning each other and doing terrible things. Yeah. <laughs> The end of Civ Five does make things like in the game anyway makes everything seem pretty triumphant. Yeah, and like we got to space and everything <laughs> was okay. Well, like the beginning of Beyond Earth, like the opening screen is just a picture of Earth at night, and it's kind of you see North America lit up, uh, but the, all of the atmosphere is like blue and black and purple. <laughs> it's I like, thought you were gonna get lit up and to the ground. Gets closer yeah. and it's all on fire. <laughs> <laughs> Might as well be. Yeah, really. Um, <laughs> And then, uh, so the other game that I can't really speak to, but I'd be curious to hear more from Arthur and Mitch on is Sunset because I bought it, but I haven't had a chance to play it. Other than what I played during our extra stream. You should play that the second we stop recording. So my question for you is, you played a little bit on Saturday. Yeah, first couple hours. I watched it on Saturday. What was your sort of impression of it? At first I was like, I don't know about this. This seems, and then I was like, oh shit, moving around is really fun. But it took a while for it to get to that point, right? Yeah. Like, like you, I think it would be a game that if it had like a 15-minute Xbox Live demo, it wouldn't do that well because in 15 minutes you'd still feel pretty clumsy. Mm. But there's something that happens around like hour one where all of a sudden everything starts to click. and you're. It's like that moment where people used to play Jesus. Tony Hawk and at first you're like, this is kind of cool, but I'm fucking up a lot. And then that first time you nail like an 80,000 point combo <laughs> yeah. Hawk or something, it goes on for like five minutes and you're like, holy shit, that was the shit. Dude, the Tony Hawk comparison is really good. Yeah, I mean, obviously that was a huge in- inspiration for them. And uh, I think it's that combined with really fun third person shooting. And of course, you know, something that Tony Hawk didn't have, which is like really witty, funny humor built into it as mm-hmm. well. I mean, some of the Tony Hawk stuff tried. <laughs> sure, it tried. But this, this, yeah. I think the I Tony Hawk was thug. still too grounded like in thug. real world to have to do very good at that you know they were still like at least somewhat trapped within our own confines and this is very much just like fuck things like physics and like any sort of like you know like trying to be grounded in real life it's just stupid and they know it fuck it we got red bull zombies and we got the clogging (laughs) up all the water drains and fucking whatever toilet paper (laughs) shoes toilet paper is currency (laughs) Um, collect records for your record gun it feels like a game that a 12 year old thought of as something that would be cool and then real adults made into something cool (laughs) (laughs) um yeah I mean it's it reminds me a lot of crackdown with its like sort of potential for chaos. Mm. Um, I think it has one of the strongest critical paths of an open world game in a long time. Like just playing through the sort of quote campaign slash story part of it, um, works pretty well. It doesn't get boring. It doesn't have crappy boss fights. It has boss fights, but they're pretty fun and they're all very sort of oriented around movement so it just it all works really really well i think that's good because that seems like the game's biggest strength because you know like something like i would say movement is obviously very important in something like infamous as well but the combat still ultimately boiled down to third person shooting 
a lot of times in that when it came to bosses. Yeah. Rather Strafe than move and just tap your right mm. trigger. Oh, yeah, dies. totally. Yeah. And so it sounds kind of cool that maybe the bosses would be like built in an arena that is made to totally go on all those tools that they've taught you, you know, up until that point. Like, I, I mean, it sucks because I'm at the point where I don't want to talk about like the stuff you do like that in the game because I feel like those reveals are a big part of like the game's payoff. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, it's consistently inventive and it mixes shit up a lot. And it's a surprisingly diverse group of people who are saying some more appreciative things about it. Um, so I don't know. Yeah. It's really good. I'm really, really surprised that so, game turned out as good as it did. Yeah. Me- we were texting and you were like, I think, I think I like it a lot. It's, it's good, right? <laughs> I think that's cool too because it was one of those games that uh, I wasn't really that excited for. Me you know, like like I was like, you know, I wanted to play many other things this fall, but that was when I was like, I'll just pass over that. Yeah. And then as I started talking to people, I was like, I think I'm gonna have to buy this. And I mean, <laughs> I'd like I'd heard positive things about it earlier this year. Actually. Me too. I just didn't buy it. Um, but it was, yeah, I I don't know. Like I saw it at E3 and it didn't click with me and. I don't know. I just, I'm really glad there, there are so many ways that a publisher could fuck over a game like this and yeah. like not give it the chance it needs. And Microsoft is actually pretty proactive about a sending it out to a lot of people and b sending it out early. So that people had time to spend with it. Yeah, there's some other AAA publishers right now. <laughs> yeah. I, I just well. think it's so cool that like, you know, to see to see these guys at Insomniac kind of bounce back from the fact that their first, like, you know, non-first-party release that they had done in a long time ended up being so kind of average. And and to see that, you know, they didn't just be like, well, I guess we got to pump out another Ratchet and Clank for PS4 or something yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah. and, and to, you know, kind of pursue something like this that's building upon the legacy that they may have made with something like Ratchet as far as their traversal and, you know, wacky weapons and that sort of thing that the studio's become kind of known for. And to take that and run with it and go for a new IP yeah. is pretty freaking surprising in this day and age, well, especially it, right it's now. It's so successful in everything it does that I think this is the smartest and best thing Insomniac has done since Ratchet & Clank. And it, I think it's more inventive and creative and enjoyable. And certainly more games. ambitious and technically accomplished than those games. And certainly Resistance. Yeah. I Yeah. I... And like I'm not I'm not a huge fan of the Ratchet and Clank games, and I'm not a big fan of the Resistance games. And Fuse was just dog but. shit. Um, so yeah, when I saw that this was like one of Microsoft's big like sort of money spending initiatives, like to push this, it it was a surprise. I was dubious. Yeah, somebody there must have known that it was good. Phil Spencer. Yep. That was this was a Phil Spencer joint, I think. Yeah, I, I hope it does good too. If for another reason, because a obviously a lot of effort went into it and it turned out well, but also because you know it's like if new IPs don't succeed every time one gets money pumped into it and it fails, then it's like another reason why people on forums, message boards, are like complaining, like another you know number this uh-huh. Saints like, Row Five. It's like, yeah, it's because established IPs. Dead Island 3. (laughs) Established IPs are what people look at and they're like, well, I guess it'll fucking keep our company afloat, you know? And it's like, or we can spend millions of dollars on something that might tank. That's the tough part, you know? I mean, some developers, yeah. Some some publishers are pretty good about that. Like, I know we give Ubisoft a lot of shit, but they experiment pretty heavily. They do. Alongside their, their IPs, yeah. No, I totally agree. Although Far Cry 4 it actually seems like the least evolution of a sequel from a big mainline Ubisoft game in a long time. Hey, you want to talk about that? Because I found out just now that the embargo is up by the time this episode goes up. For oh, the build shit. they sent you? No, for a uh, different thing that I played separate from that. Uh, well, so sure. I, uh, so I, we talked a little bit about the campaign stuff I played. I uh-huh. think. Yeah. Oh, you played multiplayer. Yeah, I played. Right. So I played some five v five competitive uh, multiplayer. Interesting. Uh, Which is asynchronous. Yes. Uh, asymmetrical. Really? Asymmetric. Yeah, I was going to say asynchronous. asynchronous. <laughs> it's like you sorry, take I'm sick and I'm exhausted. <laughs> yeah. um, so 
Remember Far Cry 3's competitive multiplayer? Yeah, it was poop from a butt. Well, you're the only guy who actually remembers it had it, except I, for yeah, me. I, Mitch told me I that, did. and I was like, it had multiplayer? Yeah, that, I was just thinking that, oh, this is the first time uh, Far Cry's had multiplayer. It oh. had truly shitty co-op, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it did. So anyway, so they learned a lot of lessons, and I think the multiplayer stuff, both in terms of co-op and competitive, is the biggest step forward that Far Cry 4 is taking over Far Cry 3. The campaign is very, very much a incremental step of like, oh, shit, we found something that works for Far Cry 3. Let's do more of that uh-huh. uh, in a new setting and modify it a bit by having like outposts that can be taken back by enemies, have different enemies that behave differently with animals and all that kind of shit. It's like small instances of improvement that are just enough to go, oh, OK, like I'm, this is familiar and it's fun and I'm back on board. Cool. Let's mm-hmm. do it. Competitive multiplayer is really, really different. Uh, in Far Cry 3, it was whatever it was, like 5v5, a bunch of the same dudes fighting in the same area with the same weapons. And it was kind of boring. Uh, here, there are two distinct sides. There's the Golden Path, and I think the other side is like the Rakshana or something. Uh, basically, it's just two different factions inside Kirat. One is entirely based on technology. They rely on vehicles and guns and explosives and that kind of shit. Whereas the other one... Uh, Magic. The, the Rakshasha whatever they're called. <laughs> they rely on um, stealth and uh, cleverness and intuitiveness and uh, tools. Basically. And magic. A little bit of magic. We're going to get to that. All right. But it's cool because you you expect that going into this, oh, the dudes who have the trucks with guns on them and they're the, the bad guys. Well, yeah, for sure. Well, actually, funny fun fact, they're the good guys. <laughs> That's what I was going to say is that like... Uh, That's the good guys in the story. Right. Well, uh, I mean, the I, I felt like the Far Cry stories have all been kind of nihilistic, where like no matter what you're doing, you're working bad, for you're man. working for the asshole. Yeah, yeah. of course. Uh, and that's mostly true in Far Cry Four. Mm. Uh, but it, I, I really got the impression like I'm not going to want to play as these dudes with bows. Like the bow is a fun gimmick in Far Cry, mm-hmm. and it's a cool stealth weapon that is super effective and the upgrades for it. Really the cool. best gun. Yeah, (laughs) but it's not something you would expect to be fun in a competitive multiplayer game where guys have scoped sniper rifles and light machine guns with, you know, stocks and barrels on them. Sure, it is hard. Different kinds of grenades and Molotov cocktails. But it actually, like, that side is fun to play, especially when you're just chewing through guys who can't, you know, catch a break because they have a bow. (laughs) But if you were using the the bow tools effectively it is incredibly satisfying to what win that bow game tools yeah so, uh, the bow is not just a like point and shoot weapon like it has that obviously it has an arrow but uh the bow i is, hope so yeah but <laughs> it has different kinds of arrows that have different functions uh-huh. and it's not just like i mean there is like the explosive arrow and that mm-hmm. obviously is more destructive it has a, a big splash damage and it kills groups yeah Deals damage to vehicles, that kind of thing. It's like the you know the scissors to the vehicle's paper. Uh, but the the most interesting stuff for me is uh, you can use one that is like uh, you basically shoot a swarm of bees at somebody, and <laughs> nice. it, it's it acts. As is a, there like a beehive attached to the arrow? I have no idea. I don't know if it attracts bees. It's basically some kind of bug shit on the on a on an arrow. I don't know. But you shoot somebody with it, and they get slowed, and their vision gets fucked up, and they take damage over time. Huh. And if you get hit by it, it's actually really disconcerting. And you, like, I always panic. And I'm like, fuck, I'm just, I'm trying to get away from it. I don't know if I can, but I'm going to try. Uh, and you're slowed, so then you're worried right. that somebody's going to follow up with, like, a knife attack or something like that. <laughs> uh, that one's pretty good. But the the arrow that I like the most is uh, the blink arrow. Hmm. Which is it actually, like, as in you blink to its position? It is a blink dagger. It is the Dota oh, 2 blink shit. dagger. Oh, uh, and the way it functions is, yeah, you point it at something, you shoot it, and you blink to that to that area. And you can see exactly where you're going to wow. go by the little blue dot that you're aiming at. So the mode that I played mostly is a territorial control thing, where you basically uh, you go to a, like a radio tower, and you either turn the radio on to see the enemy positions, or you turn it off to hide yourself, and then you try to take over a position, uh, like a one neutral position that both teams are fighting for. And the Blink Arrow, I ended up spending a lot of time in the radio tower just trying to protect it from enemies coming up and fucking with it and revealing my teammates' locations. Right. And the best way that I did that is I, uh, every time you crouch, you become invisible. And you can still be seen a little bit, especially if you're moving. But if you're like moving really slowly or you're stationary, you can hide in corners. You can hide in plain oh, sight. So, so, so not just invisible on the radar. Like literally invisible wow. to sight. You could like crouch in a bush and you're good to go. Wow, nice. Uh, and it's great to be running side by side with four other guys. And then all of you like crouch, slide into the bushes. You just, <laughs> you just all you're vanish at once. It's <laughs> so awesome. fucking cool. <laughs> 
I was going to say, Mitch, do you think that would result in a lot of camping, though? Because now you can literally become invisible? No, because there's a kill cam, and once somebody is, you know, if an invisible guy mm. kills you, his location is immediately revealed, so you just say, oh, I'll uh, get him next time. I don't think a kill cams actually distur- discourage or prevent camping. I guess, well, but if you're, I mean, if, if you get killed at the radio tower and you know there's a guy there, you're going to be more careful, you're going to be more offensive, you're going to start throwing grenades, and honestly, like, it is not that difficult to see somebody who's invisible. They're not completely gone from It's like space. a shimmer? Yeah, it's like that predator shimmer, you know, you can see mm. it. Um, I don't know, it's also like they don't deal enough damage out of the gate unless they have, like, an explosive arrow, at which point they risk killing themselves. Uh to be that much of a threat like if they shoot an arrow at you you go ah shit okay well i have a shotgun and now you're dead huh. oh but uh, by the way uh the dev team on this multiplayer is red storm the guys who did ghost recon future soldier hmm. so this is a team that i actually think is really really smart i think they make a lot of great games i think they handle multiplayer stuff really well uh and uh where was a uh, blink the blink dagger is where i was so you're on the radio right. tower. so basically you use this as a navigation tool if you want to close a gap if you want to you know uh leap off of a cliff shoot into the air and then open your wingsuit you can cover more ground that oh, way nice uh and you can use it as a uh, maneuvering mechanism so i spent a lot of time like fucking with somebody at the top of the radio tower forcing them down mm-hmm. like a staircase and then immediately leaping off the edge of the tower, turning with the blink arrow and shooting it back toward the tower. Whoa! To get like through a window. That's super cool. So you just it's a little you, bit like dishonored. Yeah, it's yeah. the blink is very similar to that, and uh, so much so that if you connect a blink arrow with an enemy, it's an instant knife kill. <laughs> cool. And the way it works for the team with the bows, I wish I could remember their name. Not that it's super important, but I just like to geek out on Far Cry shit. The Rakshasha. Rakshasha. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you get a... Every time you get a kill, an enemy is down but not out, and they can mm-hmm. be revived. Uh, but if you execute them, you get an instant upgrade to your animal calling skill. And as huh. the team with the bows, you're like, you're one with nature, man. Right. <laughs> uh, and you can summon different creatures. You can summon... Level one as a hawk uh, or an eagle, and you can call it in to... Uh, one, it scouts out enemies because it'll fly in the air in an area, and then it'll, it will shoot straight down at somebody. So you know, like, oh, there's a guy over there, and he's yeah. distracted by an uh, eagle, so I'm going to shoot him down. The second one is a bear, and it is just this, like, big, brutish tank that roams, <laughs> and it, it doesn't one-hit kill, but it beats the shit out of guys, uh, it mm-hmm. chases them down over long distances, wow. and it, it's good, like, to protect an area. So if you are trying to, uh, in one mode, there's, like, a as the bow people, you have to defend. I think you're defending as the other team is planting bombs. Mm-hmm. You drop a bear... Dude's coming to the area to plant a bomb. They're planting a bomb, and a bear just goes, no, and they leave because they're dead. Um, so is it pretty much asymmetrical multiplayer then? Like, it sounds like it's it's trying. It's not quite, but obviously the other guys aren't, don't, aren't blinking around and yeah. stuff like that. I mean, it's still very much first-person action game on both sides, but it is mm-hmm. the, the, mean, the tools you have at your disposal are very different. Like, as the team with a shotgun and a truck, you're not going to summon a tiger. You are going to see the tiger and go, holy fuck shit, it's a tiger. We have to figure out how to solve this. While dudes are, like, flying down mountains on a wingsuit. On wingsuits. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> and it's... I, I think it's really cool. I don't know that it's going to have legs. Like, realistically... That was what I was yeah. going to say. And I knew that's where you'd want, want to well, go. It's like, well, I mean, it's, like it's like not a, where I want to go. It's just, <laughs> like, where like the conversation will go. Right, like, where does this game fit this holiday where... Like, that, like Far Cry is a fucking awesome single player experience so far, and I hope that remains true when that game comes out. That's why people are going to play I, it. If they want more, they can dabble in this multiplayer. But I, just, I really I don't feel, see people sticking with it. I'm a little surprised that they're investing so much time into it because it's launching against a new Call of Duty and that is, by all accounts, a considerably really superior yeah. entry compared to the last one. Additionally, fucking Assassin's Creed is a multiplayer game this year. Exactly. Oh, yeah. It, well, yeah, it has Creed, no multiplayer. That, well, it's, it's co-op, co-op, but that's not... Yeah, I was going to say, Assassin's oh. Creed competitive multiplayer has always been really fun. But, but an example totally of an, a fun unplayed. one that doesn't have legs. Yeah. I mean, if you want to play a multiplayer game this year and you're like, oh, I'd like to play... like, Even if you're not thinking competitive, like if I want to play something with my friends this fall, Assassin's Creed, hey, that game has traditionally had multiplayer. Oh, the new one's co-op? That's really fucking cool. Let's play that. That's where your mind goes before mm-hmm. you go, well, I wonder if Far Cry 4 is multiplayer. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> and it's not even that I don't think people... Ooh, sorry. Uh, won't buy Far Cry because Far Cry Three sold really well. Yeah. Um, but like Assassin's Creed demonstrated for every game since Brotherhood that lots of people like to buy Assassin's Creed and only a few thousand of them. Yeah. Are interested in playing that multiplayer? Yeah. Which I have to imagine is why they brought that into the campaign. 
Like, this is the thing you're playing. Let's make you play that with people. Or not make you, but make that option available. And that's the same thing in Far Cry. I mean, the, the campaign co-op, they take away the story missions, but basically everything else in the open world is yours. Hmm. You can go liberate outposts. You can assault the castles. You can go fuck around with animals. You, like, most of the world is there for you. Uh, and that's, in the competitive side, that's not the case. The maps are big. Uh, arguably too big in some cases, I'd say. Because they spawn you like 300 meters away from the Ugh. objective. Wow. Uh, it's the bad company too problem. Yes. <laughs> uh, the trade-off here is like the one team has vehicles and the... the Wingsuits. The bow nature guys. Well, they have wingsuits, but they also have... They're like, shit, there are three different plants. There's, they ride tigers. There's yeah. like the red, the green, and the yellow plant. Mm-hmm. And you can use those in the same way you do the campaign. Like you make stims, basically. Uh. Green is health recovery. Yellow is the ghost walk, and that lets you, uh, like, step outside your body, and you can navigate an environment invisibly. You can see, like, you can scout out mines. You can see where the sniper is. And then if you have a certain perk attached, you can actually teleport to your body. Wow. And then take that guy down or whatever. Uh, And then the last one to cover distance is, like, basically a Dota 2 haste rune. Like, you just eat the red plant, and you become (laughs) insanely fast. I love that everything is now associated with Dota 2 mechanics in your mind. (laughs) Everything. (laughs) A thing that makes me go fast is a Dota blink never existed before Dota 2. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) I I will say that I have heard the word esports uttered by more non-MOBA studios this year than I have ever heard in my entire life. Well, that's oh, yeah, because sure. it's finally becoming a thing, and people are like, oh, there's real money attached to this. Well, and it's the same reason why they keep putting multiplayer in Assassin's Creed and why they're now forcing you to, or they really want you to play co-op in the next one is because multiplayer equals money. It's a cash cow. You can get people to buy season passes and download maps and all kinds of stuff if they'll just play the fucking multiplayer. So, speaking of esports, by the time the, this episode goes live, Friday? Mm-hmm. We say Friday? Yeah. Uh, so the Evolve Big Alpha is happening right now. Yeah. Oh, wow. It is also... Uh, if you're an Xbox One preview member, they emailed you a code. Yep. Oh. Uh, it is also IGN's November 1st. So I've spent uh, about eight hours playing new Evolve content. So look for that on my website. Uh, but in this, like, it got me thinking a lot. Like Playing Evolve, the more I play, the more I think about how cool this game could be as an eSport both because a it's really fucking cool as a competitive game and b reminds me a lot of dota there's there are a lot of similarities and it's not like that's not just me saying oh like dota it's similar like, you talk to those guys and like dude yeah mobas are like league of legends and dota are hugely influential in the way yeah. we design these characters nice like those those hunters are moba characters that you play in first person shooter form i just i, I want you from this point forward or, or at least maybe until the holiday in season dota. is over to relate all of your discussions somehow to Dota. I can l- yeah. do that for you. I know you can. I, we'll do that. I just, I feel like people keep learning the wrong lessons from, from Dota, which is that, like, oh, well, the characters, they're like fucking MOBA characters. That's what people want, right? That he's got his Q and his W and his ult. And it's like, I don't give a fuck about that. People like watching Dota because there are good ways to watch Dota. And that's what I was going to yeah, say. Yeah, is exactly. This is a really cool, like, watching a monster is really fun because it's third person, it's over the shoulder, he's got big, spectacular skills. Mm-hmm. But switching between four hunters is extremely disorienting, and it plays into a lot of what Dar- Arthur talks about when we talk about Counter-Strike. Mm-hmm. Uh, in that first person, esports is really hard. But I have to wonder, like, they have to fucking add some kind of spectator shoutcaster thing. Yeah, no, there has to be like a caster mode. But if they're yeah. gonna have a caster, it needs to be like a like a free cam, like the way you explore yes. Halo's Forge. You and know that's what I mean? What, right. Exactly well, you what have I was to, say. You, yeah, you have to have you have to have. It's just like you know with. Uh, with League and Dota, you just know that there has to be a lot of different camera options on how you're going to yeah. check out the content. And those exist. I mean, you look at a, a professional, even like this is the same in StarCraft, like those casters have control over the camera. They navigate the map, right. they zoom in, they go into portrait view, they're able to like check stuff out. You can they go have to all the players' these, view. Yeah, they have these diverse options to be able to track heroes specifically and like see what they're looking at, what that player is clicking on. Right. That stuff is much harder to communicate in a shooter or an action game like Evolve. Yes. But. I would love if they could figure out some kind of system that would let me, as a caster, like navigate that world freely in a way that lets me show a viewer, like, this is what's going on. And it's not just yeah. that, like, you can do those things because the camera supports it. It's just that, like, the game is built to right. do those things. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, Dota yeah. is built to be watched. Yes. Like, it, even more so than League, although League is definitely making strides in that direction. Like, 
That game is built. Dota was designed that way from the from the yeah, first discussion. Exactly. Which is funny because I, I interviewed Turtle Rock about esports. Uh, that article will go up later in the month. But they specifically said, like, nobody makes a game for esports. I'm like, but yeah, Valve no, did that's actually 100% not correct. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Valve did it with CSGO. Um, they did it with Dota. Yeah. Riot is retroactively doing it with and League. And like, yep. Bun- like 343 is saying that, like, Halo 5 is being built for esports. Yes. And I'm going to go see that next week, so we will see what happens. I keep forgetting that event is that soon. Yeah. Wait, hold on, hold on. Is that, is that event up here? No. No. It's, it's down here. Get me fucked. <laughs> Get fucked, Anthony. Uh, it's part of the Halo Master Chief Collection uh, review process. Because- Speaking of which, I would just like to say, I, I just shortly ago watched a thing of the redone trailers for the Master Chief Collection. Uh-huh. Holy shit. Oh, I know, right? <laughs> Holy shit. So, they look better than even I would say. Like, you know, normally you dude. say, like, they look like how you remember them. No, these look far yeah. better than oh, anything yeah. I possibly It's, it's going to be even more jarring when you press the back button and switch to the old ones while watching them. So, yeah. Um, Mitch was watching me play some Master Chief Collection, uh, some of which I can talk about. Um, so, first off, every cutscene in, Master, in Halo, 2. Halo 2 Anniversary is blur. Yep. Everyone. If you don't know who Blur Studios is, just Google it. If you don't know or who Blur Studios is, every trailer you've just ever kidding. Liked. You definitely know who Blur um, is. <laughs> so last night I was like, I was just like musing on Twitter that sometimes you like play a game and you can just like see how much money was spent on something. It's just like <laughs> Microsoft just like po- pointed the money hose at this game <laughs> and just like coded it because it's just like. In the first half hour of that game, there's probably like 12 minutes of Blur CG. Jesus. Yeah, and Blur typically charges around a million dollars a minute. Yeah. Um, Blur's probably made 12 minutes of CG in their entire career. Yeah. And <laughs> and as Mitch was saying, so in Halo CE Anniversary, when you were playing the game, you could switch between the original graphics and the remastered right. graphics with the back button. But whichever version of it you were in when a cutscene started was the version of the cutscene you were watching, which is a shame because the cutscenes in Anniversary CE, the remastered ones, are goddamn travesty. <laughs> um, the the faces look awful. Like mm. it's very beholden to the sort of product <coughs> that Halo was, i.e., a game in two thousand one. Yeah. Uh, and the blur cutscenes in Halo Two Anniversary actually are a incredible way of sidestepping all of that because they can. Like, the voice acting in Halo 2 actually is still pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because um, they just kept enough, that, right? Yeah, yeah all the, the sound voices. is the same. Like, okay. it uses the same stuff, but uh, sound effects have been remastered. Um, some timing has been changed in cutscenes. Uh, they're basically totally redirected, like okay. re-directed. Um, but as you're watching, if you hit the back button, it switches to the original cutscene. And it is hilarious. Um. Like, I just... Like, Halo 2, at the time, I thought was like, the games can never look better than this. (laughs) And it's just like, the game's still, you know, it is what it is, and it looks... I still think, like, parts of it look good, but to just, like, see that change on on the fly, like, I just... Oh, it's horrific. I can't stop (laughs) laughing. Like, holy shit, look what they did to make it look better. This is crazy. Yeah, um... And yeah, I I'll talk more about it next week because I I actually don't feel like I have still like fully wrapped my head around the packaging for mm-hmm. this game, which is sort of like the biggest thing about it, like the way that it's presented and like you don't the mean whole the thing actual is a collection that it comes in. No, but I do mean the experience <laughs> of using this fucking it. Rectangle, man. Um, <laughs> but uh, my experience thus far is that. Uh, I played a little bit of Halo 4 before we started recording. That game looks fucking incredible in 1080p. Oh, my God. Um, And at 60 frames per second. Uh, I still can't get over Halo in 60 frames. I was going to say, Halo doesn't feel weird? Because isn't it? No. The game is always weird. It does feel a little weird. Like, the the most immediate thing that I, like, the biggest, like, difference that I think people who have played a lot of Halo will sort of pick up on is that it feels like the trigger pull on guns is way lighter. Like, there's always been, like, this sort of like a substantive delay between pulling the trigger and getting a shot out of the sniper rifle as yeah. an example. Yeah. It's, it just feels way faster. It feels like a very a much lighter trigger. Um, train. Trains it's fucking, are celebrating it's the a Giants. vehicle party night. In <laughs> the Giants haven't won yet, but they're Not almost yet. there. Um, somebody needs to get out of the goddamn, get off the train tracks. Um, I, it is more responsive. Um, it's just, it feels faster. 
Um, and right now I think I'm playing it without the patch that they're releasing. So there are still some weird glitches here and there. Um, there are, I don't know how much I can say about it. There are certain decisions they've made with certain things that I don't totally understand and, and currently don't particularly agree with, Mm. um, uh, relating to the halo channel and stuff in the game. Yeah. Uh, Um, but also the halo channel, the halo channel is like their new waypoint. It's like their new hub app, but it's built into the game. Uh, there are hooks from it directly into the game, just like there can be hooks into any app from any game. Uh, Um, and when you go into a new app, it keeps the game running. Uh, can I partner it with my surface and bring up cool factoids? Like when guys pop up on, you know, I'm just making a joke, but you know, like when they were like watching game of Thrones, who the fuck's this character? No, <laughs> seems like sadly, uh, there are playlists though, where like, here are all the awesome vehicle levels from every halo game. Play those in oh, sequence. Shit. Wow. Um, here are like web, like levels of the rocket launcher. Maybe, I don't know. Stuff like that. But um, you can play levels from multiple different halo games in sequence. Yes. That's amazing. Uh, without ever changing a disc. <laughs> yep. Uh, also, it keeps track of which game, like where you are in each game. Like, <laughs> I can resume where I am in CE or resume where I am in Halo Two, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, I I really want to look at Halo Three because Halo Three looked pretty fucking good when I saw it at PAX. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's weird. It's at sixty frames per second. It play. It's not a different game, but it does feel a little different. Um, but it just reiterates to me how much of Halo is and has always been about the weapon dynamics and the encounter design. Yeah. Um, and that stuff is still really good. It is still like best in class. Yeah. Like, there's not, I don't think there's a shooter that does organic AI and encounter design better than the Halo series. Um, so it's fun to dig back into that. Well, right on. And the Blur CG is fucking incredible. Yeah. I saw There's just so a little bit of it when I showed up tonight. That was crazy. No, that wasn't... I don't think that was a... Which one? No, you didn't see any of the Blur CG. I didn't? No? We saw the intro, but that was just Halo 4. That was Halo 4 stuff. Oh. That wasn't the Halo 2 stuff. That's still Blur. Blur still Blur good. Um, so yeah, all my review of that will be up next Friday. Uh, also, next week is November, November like 3rd, 4th, 5th, 6th. Yes. I don't think I'll be here. Uh, Why not? Okay. Mitch. Uh, we'll figure it out. Well, I'm going to BlizzCon. Why are you going to disappoint oh. the listeners? So, Damn. depending on the evening of the Halo event, maybe we can do a show. I just don't know anything later in the week. I'm going to be we'll there for like out. five hours. Me too. We'll figure out when you're going, when I'm going, etc. Okay. We'll talk. Crazy. Um, but I'm going to be here next week. I want to record next week because I also played Advanced Warfare. Uh, um, holy moly. I can't. I don't I think like I can talk hear about, about it that at all game. yet. No. Not at all. The embargo is Sunday night at midnight. You should invite Brian Albert. Maybe. We should talk about we invite Brian Albert. He's a good dude. He's a smart cat. I hate that but, guy. Yeah. He camps a bunch. <laughs> I duty. heard it. Never mind. We can't talk about it. <laughs> I'm monitoring. I'm patrolling. He, he, camp, he camps as in he likes camping? Or he, he goes camps he shooters. camps in the he camps he camps in in Call of Duty. He's a big fan of the woods. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly he, his his preferred loadout in call of duty has a sleeping bag <laughs> <laughs> that is the sickest burn i play, I play that game <laughs> wow uh, yeah. on the on the on the richter scale of whiteness that dude's like a fucking 9.8 <laughs> every time i see there that are tsunamis guy, that result from his whiteness <laughs> dude, that guy walks in and i'm like I feel like we could point a mirror at him and fucking beam sunlight through another part. You know what I mean? Like, like it's him. It bounces off. He's a fiber optic cable. <laughs> He's the only dude at IGN whiter than me. For sure. Oh, Which for is sure. an achievement. Yeah. You're pretty white. I'm super white. Yeah, you got freckles, though. That makes you look less yeah. white. You're a ginger. It's like a fake tan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Both you and Brian Albert, too. I just feel like this innate urge in me. That when I see you guys, it's probably because you're so fucking pale. I'm just like, dude, I just want to rob you guys. <laughs> 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 you 
just looks so pasty. I'm going to take your expensive headphones and your iPhone. White doughboys, and I'm like, they got nice shit on them to take. And they won't fight back. Then the other Anthony on my shoulder says, no, those are friends, Anthony. These are friends. All right, we're in the casual races of Rebel FM. I love that. I love that. I love that it like inspires criminality in your thinking. <laughs> yeah, dude, I think about stuff like that all the time though. Like when I'm in Robbing a bank, people? sometimes I'm like, I could rob how, this place. How hard would this be, to <laughs> dude? What, you and I talked about this when we were like deep into playing Rust. We kept talking about like. Yo, I could probably break into this guy's house. What am I doing? Why do I think like this? Because <laughs> you're awful people. <laughs> Yo, could I break because into that if house? It wasn't, if it wasn't probably. for the law. Because you, you're the guys that would be on the wrong side of every Walking Dead episode. We walked yeah, by some dude and I'm just was like, waiting for like, the asteroid to hit. <laughs> and then everyone's going to be like, yeah. oh. Don't worry, everyone's still helping each other out. And I'm just out there chewing on someone's leg. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony, did you ever talk about Chariot on the show? Oh. Oh, that game was rad. Yeah, I think that we did. Fun. No, did we? I don't no. feel like we did. Chariot, uh, Chariot. Marty talked about it a tad, I think. Well, Wait, don't be. The, the bottom when line. The, when the hell was Marty on the show last time? I feel like, you, like two you months have ago. have wow, Xbox really? One? If the answer is yes and you have Xbox Live Gold, you have you Chariot. You should get Assuming you listen to this Friday. Yeah. Because <laughs> Friday is the last day of the month and Halloween. Well, even if you can't get it free, you should still buy it. I think it's really fun, especially if you're looking for something to play co-op. That game is made to be played co-op. Solo, Definitely. it's okay. But if you're going to sit there and play through it with someone, it has really clever puzzles with relatively simple mechanics. Like you only need a total of like four buttons to play that game, which I think is something to be said compared to most games these days. Um, and you sounded so old right now. Well, I just think like as I watch, I try and teach some people how to play some things, and they're like, "Which buttons? I have to use all these?" And it's like really intimidating to them. Like, um, I feel like it. It kind of it it nails some of that old school platforming vibe, but then with the weird physics mechanics it has of you and your partner attaching to a chariot via your like grappling hooks, and then you basically use the physics, the weight of your body, to pull this chariot in weird directions, lift it up in the air, slingshot it around because the chariot itself is the only thing that can collect things out of the environment. Mm-hmm. So it's really easy for you and your partner to reach places, but you have to figure out ways to get the chariot up to that position. And that's where it gets really challenging. And it's kind of like no matter what cliff you're on or how far down it is or whatever, if you're pulling on the rope, you can always pull it up to you. It's not like it's all, it's not like it's ever too heavy or something like that. Right. It's just about using, like, sometimes you have to use the chariot's weight almost like as if it was on a swing set to kind of, you know, like a sling it from you to your partner who will then grab onto it the last second. And, you know, you can, like, basically, I'm trying to think of the term for it, but, but you're basically just looping it from position to position almost like, uh, you know, sort of like when, when you see the dot traveling on a fucking karaoke song that's like, now to this word, to this word. Except the, that's your chariot bouncing between positions because you and your partner are moving rapidly enough to tether it and swing mm-hmm. it around. Mm-hmm. It's it's really clever, cute 2D game. And I think a good example of what the ID at Xbox people are trying to do to kind of uh, compete with Sony on that front of like, yeah, we have indie games too. Like Sony has... <laughs> I mean, I think it's on PS4. Not yet. No? Yeah. I don't know yeah, if for it now. was... So. Let's find out who published this game. I think it's uh, published. Yeah, I mean oh, yeah. it's 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 a pretty it's a pretty cute little game mm-hmm. made by the Canada Media Fund because Canada funds <laughs> cool th- shit like that. Yeah. So. <laughs> I like um, the Canada funds games. They're all right. Yeah, they fund games. They fund Survivor Man. They fund all kinds of like interesting little. Oh yeah, this pro- game's coming to PS4 and Wii U. No, okay. that game is totally on PS4. Is it out now? Yes. Hmm. Well, there you go. Well, there you go. PS4, but I, I, get it. I still think it's nice. worth picking up. But again, only pick is it up it if you're going to sit on a couch and play with someone. That's yeah. the bottom. Is it free with PSN? No. No. Oh, that's a bummer. But still, great, great game. Uh, and then you guys played Fibbage. Oh, my <laughs> we <on Saturday>. God. That <laughs> was really fun. Got me a bunch of achievement points. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> so we hadn't... I don't even... Where'd this suggestion come from during It came from life? the chat. It came from it came the from Twitch the chat, chat. And then I corroborated it because I've actually... I have played it. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's why you won. Yeah. Yeah, because you actually knew some of the questions. Cause that's the thing is that it seems a little bit like you don't know Jack where, like, it's just uh, once you play it a few times you you will have seen all the questions funny that because it's from those people yep um but the gist of the way fibbage works and anthony will probably have to correct me as i go on but 
teams you you basically the game is on your xbox or your pc or whatever and then on your phone or a computer you go to the website and you log into a room based on a code they supply up to eight people can join that room at once and we we were playing with people who were watching the stream we were playing with people in this room and a every round a new person picks a topic Oh, oh my God. Oh, what's going oh, on? Oh, oh, so oh, no. Bad oh my God. <laughs> the just, Giants uh, just uh, choked so it was, hard. It was like error after error. Oh, that was awful. That was disastrous. Right, you're gonna cut this. You're gonna cut this out of the show, right? I was no, trying no, not to say no. it out loud. I'm just over but here the like Giants are basically, the Giants are no. There out. was a pretty solid fucking drive. Oh, that was yeah. like a double as it was already, and they goofed. Yep. And oh, then like he just... tried to pick it up, and then he missed it, and then he had to go. Yeah. Wow. To third. Oh. Dude, oh, disaster. Now they're in Which is funny because uh, Giancarlo oh. Veronini at GameSpot just made the funniest fucking comment I've read all day, which is that the picture is Bumgardner. He just yeah. said Bumgardner is soloing mid so hard right now. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, a baseball field looks oh, like Dota. Oh, man. <laughs> Gosh, That's so good. Uh, the baseline is just the river. <laughs> Oh, they could tie it up here. This is. Gross. Uh, do we want to end the show? Oh, oh my god! Before they finish. Um. Well, oh we god. could take it. We could take a break and then come back for letters because well, it's the it's the last bit of the inning. Do we have any letters to read? I was checking. We gotta have some letters to read. I was checking. Yeah, we we but we played a did, but we didn't finish <laughs> fibbage. Yeah, we played it during uh we played it during yeah. the the live stream during extra life and it it's was a ton of fun. Yeah, the game gives you a fact. And, and all, all you need, in it. And, and like just, I know we said like you just go to a website, but really like the other people, they just need to go to the actual website, like yep. through a browser on your phone or on a laptop or whatever. Like you don't have to have the game to play along. Yeah, and the just it's a game about lying. I mean, the game gives you a, <laughs> yep. a fact, and it's with a blank. It's like you know, in, in 1999, something something this, and you have to kind of you take a random guess uh, based on what the fact is, uh, both in hopes of getting it right. And being able to guess the correct answer or getting something believable so that people choose your lie. Yeah. So when it, it when the game starts, it presents everybody's lies. There's no accreditation, so you don't know whose lies is whose. And you basically say, like, oh, I, I think that's the correct one. And the people with typically the, the most believable answers will earn the most points. Because typically the funniest answers are the most obviously wrong ones. <laughs> right. Except... There Not are always. some weird fucking <laughs> yeah. facts out there. Matt so if you if you guess the the developer's lie, you lose points. Yes, and if you get the the funny thing is like if you type in a lie and it's the right answer, if you get the truth, they're like, oh shit, it tells you that's that you the, got truth. the truth. You need to make something up now, which which guarantees you're going to choose the truth, which means you get a shit ton of points. Right, right. But you you earn more points by having a lot of other people choose your lie than you do actually choosing the truth. So it, it is always advantageous. What is a game about lying? Right, to lie really, really well. <laughs> yeah. There's so, no benefit to, like, you can like each other's answers, but there's no points benefit towards putting towards a, a really yeah. stupid answer that's going to get you a like. Yep, yep, so, yep. Um, what inning it, is this, Matt? The, this the, is the, the bottom, bottom of the ninth. ninth. It's the last pitch Fuck. of the game. And it's, oh. the, it's the the count is two and three, two outs, oh and uh, one person on third. Can, oh Kansas City is uh, Kansas City is one behind. Oh my god! So it's I'm gonna like, throw up. I know so much fucking. This tension. is why it's a good World Series, though. Yep, exactly. Ooh, that's a pop. Oh, is he gonna get it? Oh, is he gonna get it? Oh, get that! That's it. The that's it. World Series. Oh fucking yes. God. Oh my god! And People goes, are freaking out. Oh, I hear everybody going crazy outside. No. So, uh, so you have fun in the mission tonight, Matt. Dude, I'm gonna have a terrible time getting home. And yes, the, the mission in San Francisco is just gonna be going nuts until about like five in the morning. The whole city will be. Yeah. Well, yeah. there there is like the last time they won the World Series, I was actually down at a, with a bunch of friends at a bar when they won, and we did the whole thing where everybody left the bar and we were just like walking up and down the street, down to Market Street. People were like chanting all night long. I, where, is this game in San Francisco or is no, it in, no, no, this is in Kansas City? City. At least there's that because last year the wind was in san francisco and so i remember people were pouring out and i had to drop ryan scott off at caltrain which is right next to the stadium and there were people trying to get into my car it's like i just heard my door handle keep those people have no idea how close they came to death that night it's, i was like I was, what is going on it's still gonna happen this this year because like there's lots of people watching at the park and down at the big plaza and civic center in front of city hall they have giant uh projector out there that everybody's been um, watching it on the whole the whole city's gonna be like uh, 
shut down basically by people partying in the streets. Okay, well, on that note, then I think that we should probably kill it so you guys can get home before well, the city becomes an apocalypse. Well, like like leaving now, it's already an apocalypse. No, so I'm not in any hurry. There's a Bart in 17 minutes. Uh, congratulations <laughs> to whoever else wins next year because it's an odd numbered year. What That's how it works? Giants only went on even numbered years. Really? Oh, okay. yeah. There we go. <laughs> go Tigers! So we don't have any letters or anything, I assume. So everybody should write in letters. Yep. It's, so we have it's letters at eatdashsleep-game.com. We're on Twitter. I'm at Chuff Money. Matt's at Talking Orange. Arthur's at A-E-G-I-E-S. And uh, Mitch is at Mitchie D. We all do shit. Mitch does stuff for IGN.com. Arthur does stuff for Polygon.com. I do stuff at twitch.tv slash Chuff Money. And if you go to area5.tv or you follow Outerlands Doc on Twitter, you can find out what Matt's crew is doing. Mm-hmm. You can also support them by being a slacker backer on Humble, so you should go yep. do that. Because they are busy working on that documentary for all of us to consume. Yep, and we just put up the another episode of uh, GeForce Garage on, inv- on GeForce.com. So go check all that shit out and uh, be safe wherever you are right now. Hopefully we're all safe. So <laughs> and we're done. Let's go, Giants! I'm gonna cut that part out. Teeth when you are least expecting.